This week on Inside Motorsport, we hear from Jason Barguana and Aaron McGill. I hope you'll stay with us. Jason Barguana is the driving standards observer for V8 Supercars. I caught up with him to talk about his own racing in New Zealand and a whole bunch more. You mentioned you're still a racer. What do you think? New Zealand at the moment, are they getting it right with the, uh, with the, you know, the convergence of the two touring car series over there? Yeah, look, 100%. I mean, it, every step we take over in New Zealand at the moment, trying to get it back to one category is a good step. There's a bit of work to do yet, but clearly the country's not big enough to run multiple series, and, um, and the, a lot of the uh, vested interest has now understood that it's all about trying to make the sport better for everybody. Uh, including touring car racing. So now with New Zealand touring cars, there's a bit of a parity issue there, which we're working through, but uh, we're sitting second in the points right at this point in time. And, and I think that uh, we can probably give it a real nudge towards the end of the championship. Is that enough racing for you? Does that fulfil the needs of Jason Barguana to get in a race car, or do you want to augment it with more stuff? I think if any race car driver, if they could drive anything at any time, put their hand up. So... Um, I quite enjoy doing the New Zealand series, uh, the combination of that and this. There's times where I watch these guys out there racing and, and I get a burning desire and the volcano inside erupts and I should be back out there, but there's times where I realise that it's not what I want to do. So um, I see other categories race and I think I'd like to have a go at some of that stuff, the GT stuff, even the stadium trucks. Who, who would never want to have a go at that sort of thing? You know? So uh, look, I still, still like racing, I still want to race, I still want to have a go at good stuff. Is there... A couple of jewels in the crown like do you have a Lamar dream do you have a a spa dream that is a realistic thing you could fulfill no not really i think um my my ultimate goal in motor racing was to win bathurst and that was what for me has driven majority of my decision making and and, and the reason why i wanted to get to where i wanted to get to so fortunately i was able to achieve that goal and um, racing overseas i've done a bit of that and it's it's very enjoyable but in today's economic climate, the, what, the, what it costs to get involved in some of that and the sponsorship that's required, it's just not something that I'm prepared to chase and, and don't really want to. So in saying that, if um, I'm, I don't think Porsche's got my phone number, so if they're going to ring me up and offer me a drive with Mark, I'm not going to knock it back, but um, I don't think my, uh, my name's high on their list at the moment. You won Bathurst at a reasonably early age. Was it hard to refocus the goals when you do that? Not at all. I mean, we've gone on to have... You know some of the best results I've had well well and truly after winning Bathurst um, you know and obviously winning my first national championship in New Zealand backing it up with the second one um, you know is another goal that we achieve so your priorities change slightly and you know as a race car driver you go out there and do the best you can every weekend and and you use all the experience and the knowledge and try and get the results so that's what's worked for me over the last few seasons that's for sure uh, in terms of I'm on the board of the karting association of Australian karting and along with Mick Doohan and so forth so uh, I quite enjoy contributing to that level of sport as well, um, particularly uh, trying to set that sport up so it's relevant for what we do here in, in car racing land, so that works really well for me as well. Some very big changes in karting this year too, with new engines and really overdue reforms. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's where the benefit of having um, people like Mick and myself and there's a few others in there that have walked in, been given the opportunity and said, you know what, this, this, the talk is uh, overdue. Everyone's talked about it for years, the changes, so we just stepped up and said, right, let's make the changes, and, and it's been well received. The changes are good. We're not 100% there yet, but um, I think karting's future is very bright, and it's got some really good things coming over the next few years.
a change that, of that magnitude in such a big participation sport? With every change, there's uh, the haters and there's the, the negative people. And they've probably got the right to have an opinion, and that's, that's fine. But the experience at the top level of karting now is, um, comes from uh, wide and varied disciplines. And it's all very constructive, and it all is pointing the sport in the right direction for the next 20 years, not just for what affects people next January. So, um, you know, that's where the, the experience of the people involved is allowing the sport to make those changes. And a lot of the people that said that this is ridiculous, they're never coming back, all turned up, and they've really enjoyed it and, and probably learnt a bit out of the sport because, you know, some of the people involved in karting, have, have, that's their only, only experience, you know. But uh, having people like Mick and Calvin and myself and and others who have done a lot of motor racing around the world um, can bring a lot to the table. And critically, you were trying to align us with international standards too, so that guys could transition, hopefully, to Formula One, but making that transition to Europe and to the Americas and wherever else in the world, they could get an opportunity to race. And that, that's key in the whole plan of motorsport development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, particularly on a world scale, we've got some very young talent, um, very young guys that are very talented and have proven themselves internationally. So to set up a pathway that gives drivers the opportunity to both go international or develop locally is, is a critical part of, of the structure because uh, it's got to be right and it's got to give them the opportunity to race overseas if they're able to do it and compete um, and give them the experience to do that. Yet we've got to also focus very hard on our local and, and domestic competition because that's critical as well. And a key to it all is if you can teach them the right rules and how to drive properly when they're in karting, when you get to watch them in V8 supercars, it's going to be a much easier job for you. Yeah, it will be interesting if I'm still around in this role for the next 20 or so years and, and watching some of these young kids that I see in karting now develop and, and end up here in supercars. So um, I've played a bit of a role there and we're trying to, we are trying to get the mentality right because you know, obviously the experience suggests that what we're doing up here is what it's all about in, in V8 supercar land. So if you can share some of that with some of the young drivers and get their attitudes right and hopefully they can carry that through their racing careers. Barg's always a pleasure to catch up with you. We've covered a fair bit of ground in motorsport today, but uh, have a great Christmas. Thank you very much. Cheers. Each week, find out what the men behind the V8 News know and what the drivers and teams are going to do next. It's interviews and opinions on Inside Supercars. Still got a fair amount of work to do, but we've had a lot of upgrades and done a lot of design work on the car over the last uh, four or five months. And uh, obviously bringing on Adrian Burgess and uh, Matty Nielsen back into the team has been a, you know, a huge step forward for us. Tune in for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Aaron McGill is uh, a new champion's crown. The yes. most capped racer in the Dunlop series is uh, bowing out. How yeah. it, has the realisation hit you that you're moving on to the oh. Touring Car Masters and that must mean you're old? Yeah, yeah, I think you've got to be over a certain age. You've, you know, sponsored by AP or have a pension card to sort of jump into that. But uh, no, it hit me on the grid. I was okay. We had traumas with the car and I didn't know if we'd be there or not. And once I got out on the warm-up lap and all the rest of it, it started to sink in and I really struggled to focus on that, that race then and made a, a couple of some real basic errors but uh, yeah lots of thoughts run through my head you know. What are your thoughts now that uh, you're moving on from something that you've been doing since well since 2001 really? Yeah well Paul Morris started it when the super touring thing sort of died in the backside in 2000 and he gave me a drive at Bathurst in the, the old VS the big Kev car so that wet the appetite and then I went from there as you say but man the thoughts it's like you know I've devoted so much of my life to it it's um you know, Ross Stone sort of said, you, if you're going to go into a category, you've got to commit to it 100%, 24-7, you know, and live it. And uh, that's probably 
exactly what we've had to do. Um, yeah. Over those years, there's been quite a few changes. We've seen teams, main game teams, come in and out, and it's now back into the system where they need young drivers and they've got no practice time, so they have to put them in this series. Yeah, absolutely. And you're there working with a whole bunch of your mates getting a car ready. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the... The decision had to be made, I suppose, and, and I, I knew it was time probably at the back end of last year. Um, you know, the Kumo series probably is getting a little stronger, um, but commercially you can't, if you haven't got your own money and you need sponsors, I'm not sure the Kumo series is where it needs to be at the moment as a marketing exercise for um, sponsors. So the Dunlop series is still where it's at, but you get to my age and you're running in a 2007 Perkins car and... Um, you know, with a few mates, as you say, you just can't compete with FPR and BJR and everything else. You know, I may as well go and buy a car and run the main series. <laughs> All the best. It's going to be a while until someone reaches your uh, your record, so uh, yes, you'll hold that for us sometime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul Dumbrell's done a few, and if he goes around again next year, he'll probably creep up close to it. But, um, you know, I never set out to set a record. I was just, you know, enjoyed it and, you know, wanted to do it better and you know it was just time to call time i'd go next year if i could but i think it's time well we're going to enjoy seeing you on the tcm grid that's for sure yeah we'll be there eventually <laughs> no worries my thanks to aaron mcgill there and uh, i hope you had a great christmas and looking forward to a big 2016 i know we are here at inside motorsport until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now inside motorsport is produced by thunder media for the community radio network